Prevent Coalition welcomes you to our new podcast. We're sharing stories and strategies to help coalitions and organizations reach their full potential. Follow along at preventcoalition.org. Welcome, everybody, to episode three of the Prevent Podcast. My name is Jesse. My name is Christopher. And today we're talking about our point of purchase campaign, the Secure Your Cannabis campaign, and how we built that campaign, how we're currently implementing it, and how we utilized our retail partners, um, really as strategic partners throughout the entire campaign. And you may be wondering, before we dive in, what is point of purchase? Point of purchase campaigns are messaging that we deliver to consumers, whether it's for alcohol, tobacco, cannabis, where we're encouraging them to have a call to action, giving them prevention education right at the place where they access the substance. In our case, we made a cannabis point of purchase campaign. So we're delivering messages straight to cannabis consumers through retail partners. Typically, the concept behind point of purchase is that right when you're about to use cannabis or right when you get home from the store, that's when you're reminded, oh, I should put this in a safe place or here's a prevention message right when I'm about to use it. We're trying to reach consumers as they're using the product or as they're putting it away. Kind of the whole purpose of our Secure Your Cannabis campaign is to reduce youth access to cannabis, whether it's on purpose or accidental, and to promote a cultural norm that everyone in our county, in our region, as soon as we get home from the store, we secure our cannabis. We put it away in a safe place where youth cannot access it immediately. We did needs assessments in our community and we found that youth were accessing cannabis at home, whether their parents knew it or not, or their guardians. And we found that youth thought marijuana was easy to get. That was what we wanted to address. Ultimately, cannabis retailers were going to be the best messengers to reach the consumers of cannabis. Instead of it coming from a prevention professional, it's really effective for it to come from a retailer who they already trust. So a little bit of background, it actually started almost 10 years ago now that we look at it, uh, back in 2012, when Washington State passed I-502 and legalized recreational marijuana. In 2014, stores started opening, uh, retail marijuana storefronts were able to start opening, and that really led to a cultural change in the state, and our coalition um, at the time realized that this change was happening, and we wanted to respond to it. In about 2015, our coalition decided to address this. And we did that through the first generation of the Secure Cannabis campaign. The first campaign was really a partnership between uh, our coalition and a group called Leadership Clark County, which is a leadership development organization for adults um, in our region. And they partnered together to develop this campaign. And they started from scratch. 
when this campaign was first started, there was no retail partners. Our coalition had not previously partnered or had any previous relationships with any marijuana retailers. They basically started just going to all of the retail shops that were opening up in our area, almost kind of like an in-person cold call. Hi, I'm from this coalition and I'm here to talk to you about this campaign that we're trying to start. That campaign just had uh, one message. All the cards were the same. And it basically said, brains are developing. Keep it out of the hands of youth. Lock up your marijuana. That campaign was implemented for a few years before we decided to revamp Secure Cannabis into what we have today. A lot of communities were shocked that I-502 passed. Cannabis was legalized for retail sales for adults, and it was like a whole culture change. Many coalitions are still experiencing this culture shift today and having conversations about what it means to live in a legalized environment. What was that like for Prevent Coalition in the very beginning? I was a coalition member at the time, and there was division amongst coalition members because there was members of the coalition who felt that this was not something that we should be doing. We shouldn't be partnering with retail marijuana shops. And I commend the coordinators at the time um, for letting those conversations happen because it was a difficult time for everybody, for parents, for teachers. I mean, even for the retailers at that time, they were trying to juggle all of the new L- or all these LCB regulations to be able to open their storefronts. It was a two-year process. But those conversations that we had back then were able to lead us into where we are today. I think that's the beauty of coalition work is we do get people from all walks of life together making decisions about what we want for a community and what's best for our people and our volunteers, ultimately our youth. I think this campaign is a product of that. And I'm excited that that's where we're going with our coalition. And that's what they decided as a community that this is how we want to approach this work. What we have today is called Secure Your Cannabis. We've been distributing the first generation of cards with retailers for a couple years. They gave us some feedback They actually came up with the idea to have four different messages that we could rotate in and out so that the message is always fresh and it's eye-catching, especially after a few years of distributing one card that was one message. We were able to respond to that and say, okay, great, let's get our volunteers together. We formed a committee and they came up with Secure Your Cannabis. Essentially, we worked with a few different retailers in our community to come up with the title the brand, the name, the facts that we present on our cards and the, the messages we share, that was all created with retailers as a partner. This was a long process. Mm-hmm. And I know looking back now, we're able to say, you know, we partnered with retailers and we did all these things and it turned out great. But it was no easy feat at the time. This process took over a year, didn't it? Yeah, it's true. We started with really general concepts, mapping them out with clip art. Okay, what might this look like? How can we make it better? It kept changing and growing and growing. We didn't want to be a a roadblock for creativity in order to make this campaign happen. Like we let them 
explore it for months. We really wanted our coalition members to have ownership over um, this campaign and, and make it their own. Christopher had brought in some images one day of all of these other uh, point of purchase campaigns just for inspiration, but none of them were cannabis campaigns because marijuana was just recently legalized. And if you think back to 2012, 2014, 2015, Um, When our first campaign launched, Washington and Colorado were the only two states that legalized at that time. And so a lot of them were alcohol or tobacco point of purchase campaigns. And I remember our coalition members going through and saying, these are okay, but they look like government warnings. They are very judgmental. They're very preachy. And we don't want our campaign to look anything like that. Before we even chose messages or chose facts, we started with what do we want our tone of voice to sound like? What vibe do we want this card to give off? They were all in agreement. We wanted to come alongside retailers and consumers as allies. We wanted to share information in a friendly, approachable way that was eye-catching and fun. We even talked about inserting some humor We definitely wanted it to stand out. It was important, even though this hadn't been done before, that we could find. Our retailers were saying, no, we don't want a training. We don't want flyers. We want these cards that we can put in the shopping bags. So we we really needed to make something of our own. Thinking back, to the work group that took on this challenge of creating this campaign. There was no retailers that attended our regular monthly work group meetings, but we did have significant retailer info, like you had mentioned. Do you want to talk a little bit about being the middleman um, as the coordinator for that and trying to you know, relay what the committee wanted to the retailers and what the retailers wanted to the committee? With this project, we were able to do something different. And I think it's bigger than it seems. Coalitions are always saying, you know, there's a seat at the table. We need you at our meeting. We need your voice. We need you at the table making these decisions. I think what we found with retailers is that they don't want to be at the table. The table doesn't work for them. These meetings are not the best place to partner with them and to make those connections. And so we said, okay, we're not using a table. (laughs) Like we're getting rid of that metaphor. And instead of coming to our monthly meetings, they wanted to work directly with staff. We had a trusted relationship with them. We could talk really informally and at, you know, whatever hour worked for them in whatever place. Basically what happened was we would have the committee do some groundwork, get some stuff going and have something to share with the retailer then I would take it and meet with the retailers and show them what they came up with. And they would give me direct feedback. They had the final say in our committee. And so even if there was only one retailer, if they said something needed to go, we made it happen. Almost like a advisory committee, so to speak. That process worked really well. Sometimes it would just be an email like, hey, can you give me some quick feedback on this? Other times we had them fill out like a more formal survey giving us really detailed data that we saved. And then other times we actually met with them in person. Like the first time we met with one of our retailers, we went to breakfast at Sherry's. We talked about our vision and they shared their vision for what this campaign could be. 
and different ideas. It was really just a big brainstorm session. I think it's really important to note, Christopher, that you really went above and beyond, I think, as a coordinator in terms of engaging the retailers, because it would have been so easy to just say, oh, well, we invited these three retailers to our meeting, but they said they couldn't come. And so we tried, but it didn't work. But you didn't take the easy road. And I think that we're reaping the benefits of that now, even years after the campaign has been developed and completed and finished, those same retailers are still asking us for more cards and they're still participating when we ask them to. And I think that speaks volumes about the work that you did and the coalition did back during the campaign's development. That means a lot to me. Thank you so much, Jesse. Everyone in prevention recalls probably the phrase, nothing about us without us. And we usually talk about that in terms of youth or in terms of our community members as a whole, but it also applies to people who use cannabis. If we're trying to persuade someone who uses cannabis to change a behavior, in our case, keep it safely stored, we have to have their input in how we're approaching them and what messages respond with them, what marketing materials do they believe in and find interesting. It was really important for us to be inclusive and make them a priority. I think that's a a great transition point to talk about how, since the coalition was inclusive and included retailers' opinions, it actually changed what the campaign looks like. In the original campaign, the term lock it up was on the card. But in the new campaign, it doesn't say lock it up anywhere on the cards. It says secure. You're right. We surveyed cannabis retailers before we did a big release. We did like a soft launch is what we called it at just one location on 420. And they let us come in and survey their customers in person and talk to them about the campaign. Immediately, we found that the word lock it up was associated with prison. People have been put in jail for using cannabis, and many of them are still there. If you want to be inclusive, that word should be secure. It shouldn't be lock it up. In that same survey, we also learned about the word cannabis versus marijuana, too. The people in our community they responded better to cannabis. That's the scientific term retailers are using. And so if we're distributing cards through retailers, we need to match their language. Even just the color scheme was changed based on feedback from retailers as well. The first campaign, the card was black and it had colored fonts for the writing versus the new cards are very bright and colorful. The committee wanted the cards to be something that people would look at and pause. Hmm, what's this about? On the front of the cards, there's a big graphic that's sort of ambiguous and eye-catching. Also on the front of the cards is in bold font, it just says Secure Cannabis. On the back of the cards is all the information. One of them, it's like a big cactus. We are drawing parallels to the fact that it was a norm in our community for people to say, well, marijuana is natural, so therefore it's harmless. Cactuses are also natural, but we want to be really careful when we hand one to a kid. 
the designer at ESD 112, her name is Melissa. She did an incredible job at capturing the prevention message in a really subtle way that's really gorgeous. You had mentioned previously that all of the cards have, you know, an image or a graphic on the front. And then when you turn it over to the back, there's a, some kind of prevention fact or prevention messaging. The committee really worked hard picking uh, which messages we wanted to put on the cards. I remember distinctly being split into groups and basically given like four sheets of paper that were just full of potential messages we could put on the back of these cards. We kept coming back to, we don't want this campaign to be preachy. We don't want this campaign to be judgmental. The committee worked to narrow down hundreds of potential topics down to like six. And then the retailers helped us to narrow that down even further. It was really important to us that the the retailers believe wholeheartedly in what we're sharing. Like these messages are about prevention. We wanted them to also be behind these messages as the messenger. One of the things we learned as we were meeting with them that I was really moved and surprised by was that there are a number of people in our community who are ashamed of their own marijuana use. The retailers told us some of their customers will park all the way around the block because they don't want their car to be seen in front of the cannabis store. The specific retailer was saying they think it's because of shame. Hearing that story ignited in me like, we have to be approachable, we have to be friendly. There are all types of people in the community who use cannabis for a number of reasons. And that's not what this campaign is about. It's about protecting developing minds. And that is something we can all get behind. Thanks for sharing that story, Christopher. It, it really puts into perspective the importance of all of the little steps that we took during the creation of this campaign to make it what it is today and how much those little steps matter. The color or whether we use marijuana or cannabis or whether we use secure or lock it up, whether a message was a little bit preachy or a little bit judgmental, critically evaluating each step of the process, I think has paid off in the long run. And that's why I'm really proud of this campaign as well. You alluded to earlier that we did a soft launch on 420 when the campaign was being developed, but we also do a 420 event every year. Yeah, every year it's built into our action plan to do a heavy promotion of this campaign. Just like when you're doing alcohol prevention with youth, you might vamp up your campaign around prom or homecoming football games. 420, April 20th is commonly associated with heavy adult cannabis use. We always put out a press release and the press release goes over the campaign, promotes our message. And we also have a sample of the retailers who are distributing our campaign. They send us quotes about how the campaign is used. We always ask them, why do you as a retailer care about youth marijuana prevention? And then we also distribute, of course, the cards. Every year we've grown. So we started out, we only distributed 2000 cards to one retailer. Now in 2021, we have eight retail locations involved. We constantly get requests from people from different states 
asking, can you share with us about this campaign? We'd love to use it in our community. It's more than just people from other states, too. This this campaign's actually gone a little international, hasn't it? It's true. One of our founding members who like helped develop the campaign, he's an instructor at Washington State University, and he presented abroad in Europe at a cannabis conference. And the campaign itself also won a design award by the Washington State Association of ESDs. And that is kudos to our designer, Melissa. She's so talented. What are the next steps for this campaign now that you're the one at the driver's seat? (laughs) Yeah, it's actually been really cool to have been involved in this entire process. So I started out as a youth member of the coalition um, when the first campaign was developed. And then I was the chair of the work group committee that took on the revamp of it. And I've been involved in the coalition work. And now as the regional coordinator, I get to, you know, kind of add my own spice to it. And so I'm actually really excited about where this campaign is going. I'm currently working uh, with our amazing communications department to make this secure cannabis campaign not just a point of purchase campaign, but also a social media campaign that coalitions can use to target adults, but even potentially our retail partners who are on social media can use um, to get our messaging out uh, in that fashion as well. And we're also looking at taking out some print ads. And so you can see it in the local newspaper, just other ways to reach adults um, besides point of purchase in order to expand this message and, and get it out to the most people. And right now the campaign is available. Coalitions around the state that have used and are currently using the campaign and they'll print the cards themselves for their community and engage with their retailers in their local community to implement the point of purchase. It's all available on our website, bit.ly slash secure your cannabis. You'll end up at our campaign page. The cards are available in English, Spanish, and Russian. All of our research is there. There's handouts on how to speak with kids about cannabis. There's printing instructions. All of that is on the website. So definitely take a a look at the campaign toolkit. Now that you've heard the process that our coalition went through in developing this point of purchase campaign and partnering with our retailers, that maybe you will be inspired to start your own point of purchase campaign designed by your community or maybe adapt our Secure Your Cannabis campaign to make it work for your community, or maybe just start out with something small and reach out to your local retailers if you don't already have a relationship with them and and try to start building that relationship. Just like we talked about in episode two in terms of building relationships with legislators, it's super important to build relationships with all the sectors, including retail shops. We really appreciate your time today. Thank you for listening to us and spreading the word of safe storage, helping us create that as a norm in our community. We really encourage you to promote that norm as well. And with that, we look forward to next time. 